everybody and welcome to Rassle Graps. Um, last week, I said I wouldn't do another raw review, but I lied to you guys. I lied to myself yesterday night. Had a weird urge to watch Monday Night Raw, and I don't think anyone's had that in, well, years, actually. But um, I watched it, and I was rewarded for once in a couple of years. I was rewarded for watching Raw with an actually decent show. So um, we're going to talk about it here today. Uh, my name is Chris. Before I go any forward, uh, once once again, I'm very alone doing this. Uh, other half of this channel, uh, Vincent did not know I was going to do this. I, this is a spur of the moment thing, but you know what? I watched Raw. I, I enjoyed it, and I felt I had to talk about it because, let's be honest, when's the last time anyone actually enjoyed Raw? I mean, come on. So... Let's get into the show. Let's take a pull up my notes here. Uh, okay, there we go. So the show kicked off with Bobby Lashley celebrating his victory over Drew McIntyre. And then the New Day came out to interrupt his toast uh, for winning the match by throwing actual toast in the ring. And then Kofi uh, won the WWE Championship match. Um... I'm not really sure if this really confirmed that Kofi would take on Lashley at Mind the Bank, but that match is confirmed official now for that show. That that should be a good match. I think both guys are really good in ring. And I don't remember their last match because I didn't see it on that episode of Raw, but I don't know. I'm sure it'll be good. But um, moving forward, Lashley wants to prove a point that... Kofi surrounds himself with clowns like Xavier Woods in his words. So he challenges Woods to a match, and for some reason, Woods accepts, but wants it in the hell in the cell. And for some other reason, Bobby accepts. So the main event of this show is a hell in the cell match. Now, I may have missed the actual hell in the cell pay-per-view, but you know what? But these hell in the cell matches are apparently becoming more and more frequent. It's like I didn't miss anything. You know, it's, um, it's nice, you know, saves me two and a half hours of a show that I heard wasn't really that great. So, thanks for that, I guess. So, um, yeah, going forward, of course, because I miss telling the cell, there are some things I'm not super clear on. You'll, you'll see that a lot once it gets to the Charlotte, uh, rarely storyline. I'm, I'm not really sure what happened there, but we'll get to it when we get to it. So, the first match of the night, one of five... Money in the Bank qualifier matches, Ricochet versus AJ Styles, and a really enjoyable match, actually. Of course, it's Ricochet and AJ Styles. It's hard for them to have a bad match. But you had a really good match for about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Then the Viking Raiders showed up. They attacked Omus, and then Omus tried to charge at them, and he accidentally put himself to the barricade. This distracts AJ, who tries to jump in for a phenomenal form on Ricochet. But Ricochet counters with the recoil, which is his codebreaker move. And he wins. He's going to Money in the Bank. Of course, this sets up uh, the tag team title match of Omus and AJ versus the Viking Raiders. And Ricochet being in the Money in the Bank match, I think that's a good thing, frankly. I'm not sure if he's going to win. Uh, probably not. But it'll be nice to see him there, I think. Next up, we get to an Aoife Marie interview. Not much to see here. The only important thing here is that she says that Piper Niven's name is actually Dewdrop, and Piper Niven, 
as her facial reaction suggests otherwise, because her name is not Dewdrop, I guess. I don't know, it's a weird thing. I didn't know what to feel about this last week. As you, if you heard last week's episode, um, you would, you know, that I was very unsure of what to say about it. It's a, it's a really weird story that they were going for, but, you know, because it was this pairing where Eva basically brought in some muscle to win matches for her and the wins would go under Eva's name. And it was kind of an interesting thing to do, but by doing that, bringing Piper and Eva this person that the commentary doesn't seem to know, you know, it doesn't really help out NXT UK, which is where she was before. And it kind of, I don't know, I think you throw away a lot of story stuff by not acknowledging what she's done in the past. And that could have been really useful, like I said, for helping bring attention to NXT UK and for just helping to establish Piper as a dominant character. But I'm going forward with this storyline. We get to the second qualifying match for Money in the Bank this time for the women's side. It's Asuka and Naomi versus Eva and uh, Piper Niven because I'm not going to call her a dewdrop. It's just, it's dumb. So this match is basically a handicap match for most of it. It's Asuka and Naomi going up against Piper Niven until uh, Eva tags into the match to capitalize off of Piper's hard work. Wants to go for a pin, but Naomi kicks out. Then, uh, once she realizes it's not going to work, Eva tries to tag out, but... Piper refuses, and um, yeah, Naomi rolls her up for a quick win. Naomi and Oscar are going for money in the bank, and this partnership of uh, Eva and Piper is basically over, I guess. It lasted all of two weeks. It wasn't much there. Uh, I think, I think first, personally, the right side one year, Naomi and Oscar much more suited for money in the bank than Eva and Dewdrop or Piper and Evan, whatever you want to call her. Excited to see those two in the match, and um, I guess vaguely interested to see where this Eva Piper Niven thing goes. Like barely. I mean, someone someone out there probably is. I, I just ain't that interested. But how it works, see where it goes. I'll give it a chance. Next up, we get to Pierce and Sony Deville in the ring, addressing the controversy from the Raw Women's Title match. Apparently, Rare Ripley cheated to win the match. Well, not even that actually. I, Apparently she got herself disqualified by hitting Charlotte with the um that weird table cover on the announced table that they have. And apparently that was a DQ even though many people have done that before in a normal match and have not gotten disqualified. So um I don't know what that's all about, but apparently that's how that match ended. Uh, one of the many horrible finishes on Hell in a Cell apparently, from what I heard. And because of this, now Charlotte's getting an automatic rematch at Money in the Bank, which I'm not looking forward to, frankly. Um, I don't know. I, I, from what I understand of this whole DQ finish thing, it doesn't do a lot for anybody, really. I guess the reason that you do that finish is because you want Charlotte to look strong, but you also want Rhea to stay champion. Which doesn't make sense, because why even do the match in the first place if both people have to look strong, or you have certain goals that you can't meet with a clean finish on pay-per-view. Well, I don't know. This doesn't really do anything for anybody here. I, I, I hate to say it, but personally, I think that Charlotte's winning at Money in the Bank. 
just why do the rematch if it's not going to happen? I don't know. This whole storyline between the two of them has not been good at all. Neither person really is coming out of this looking good. I mean, frankly, both the wrestlers, of course, Rhea and Charlotte, they're great in ring. But the way they're booked and stories like this, it's just really, the negative really outweighs the good that both people have with them. So, I don't know. It's um, it's really not a great feud. Hopefully, maybe the make is the end of it, but that still leaves us with a few more weeks of dealing with that feud. So, moving forward, if you remember last week on Raw, Rosen, sorry, wrote down the wrong name there. Rosen, the Brooke, you know, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were doing a photo shoot and were interrupted by Natalia and Tamina making noise because apparently noise is a problem during a photo shoot. I don't, who knows really. So, what they did here essentially is they flipped the dynamic around. This time, Natalia and Tamina are doing a photo shoot when um interviewer comes up, asks him some questions. They're interrupted by some noise, which is Rose and Brooke training in a ring that is in the same place because I'm pretty sure they shot both segments on the exact same day. You know, both last week's and this week's. Basically, it just um, ends with Natalia and Tamina trying to get into the ring to attack Rose and Brooke. Rose and Brooke are ready. They knock him off the apron. And that is the end. Just keep in mind, by the way, this is the Women's Tag Team Championship feud. It's it's not great. It, it, I don't know why the this whole second hour. I just feel bad it's dragging on it because this was where all the women's stuff was for the night, and for some reason, all the women's stuff, or at least most of it, has the most incoherent storytelling on in the whole company, which is crazy because the same company that does NXT and books Roman Reigns and books Bobby Lashley be a dominant champion. It, it doesn't make sense how, for one side, it could be so good actually booking things and get to the other side and they just don't know what they're doing. It's it's really unfortunate, it is. Um, it's just, it feels like most of us kind of, um, most of us kind of guess this when they first happened, but the woman's acting titles, it feels like they were just kind of brought in for a quick little, you know, attention grab. You know, the company didn't really care. They just wanted people to see, oh, we brought these idols in like you wanted. They didn't really want to do it, so now they get lost in terrible feuds like this, but I don't know. It's, um, I could say this might get better, but I doubt it. Like most people, I strongly doubt it. But, um, yeah, it's it's not a good feud, this whole women's tag team title thing. But we can move forward from that for now. Next up, we get to Orton and Morrison, their Money in the Bank qualifier match. This match is mainly Orton beating down Morrison until Miz on the outside squirts Orton with his stripstick. Uh, that sentence is accurate. I know how it sounds, believe me, but it's true. It's a real thing. Uh, the wording could have been different, but same effect. It's, it's what happened. Uh, Riddle was so upset by this whole incident of Orton getting squirted with the dripstick that he comes out. Chases Miz in his wheelchair. Now with a little chase, this distracts Orton. Morrison is able to capitalize. He gets the win. Morrison's going to money in the bank. Um, 
honestly, I'm I'm not too upset about that, frankly. Just because if you're into a money in the bank match, you'd prefer Morrison over Orton. Just because Orton's not gonna be as entertaining as Morrison, so I'm okay with him winning this. Um Yeah, I'll take it. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, the match was fine. It was nothing crazy. Um it sets up some dissension, I guess, between RK bro, because Riddle cost Orton the match unintentionally. But um, later on the night, that whole tension thing, it's, it's kind of there, but we'll get to it when we get to it. So next up, we get to a backstage segment of Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Reginald talking about Hell in a Cell, where apparently uh, Alexa Bliss used voodoo magic to control Nia Jax to hit Reginald. This somehow sounds more unrealistic than Orton being squirted with Mrs. Tripstick. I, I don't know what to tell you, frankly. Um, Shayna says she's not scared of Alexa Bliss, and that's basically it for that interview. Next up, we get to Bliss and Cross versus Jackson Baszler, and this kind of is probably the most talked about thing in this whole show. This match, not because of the match, not because of anything of the wrestling that happened in it, or the story, or the winners. More or less because Nikki Cross is now a superhero. Uh, this is a real thing. Um, it, sound, it sounds fake, but it's a real thing. She's now dressing up like a superhero. And um, that is her gimmick now. She's basically uh, doing the gimmick that um, Mighty Molly and um, the Hurricane did. She is now doing that. Um, a lot of people don't like it because just just look at it. I mean, it's a superhero gimmick. It's some. Um, it's basically a mid-card gimmick that's... It's one of those things where you can't seriously win a championship or have any serious matches because you're dressed up like a superhero, you know? And a lot of people don't like it because Nikki Cross, he's putting in the effort. She's really doing her best to get this character over. And I'm kind of a mix of overload sides, sort of. I really don't like this whole superhero costume thing, but Nikki's really into this whole gimmick. Um... She she says that she knows she's not a superhero. She just wants to inspire people. Uh, and, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Do that gimmick? I don't know. It's, um, it's one of those things you got to see where it goes, I guess. But it's um, it's, it's not it's not good. It's just, it's not good in my opinion. But hopefully it's um, one of those things that we're a widget over in the end. So, um, Winston Cross beat Jackson Baszler. They're going to Money in the Bank along with Naomi and Asuka. And, um, yeah, there was more, um, before I forget, there was more magic stuff where Alexa Bliss tried to make Reginald hit Nia Jax, but that did not happen. And, um, those are the highlights. Nikki Cross is dressing up like a superhero, and there was some more magic, and Bliss and Cross won. I wasn't paying attention to commentary, but I don't remember hearing any sort of mention of their previous tag team or where they were before Bliss got possessed. But, um, yeah. This match, um, it's really hard to focus when you're trying to figure out why Nikki Ross is dressed up like a superhero. It, it really is. But, um, that's, that's basically it for now. That's all I gotta say about that. So we move on forward to a backstage little argument between Seamus, Jinder, Jeff, Hardy, and the Cedric Alexander. They are upset, and they're telling Adam Pearce that they want into the Money in the Bank match. Uh, sorry, um, Pearce and DeVille, of course, uh, have to solve this issue, so they're talking to all these guys. 
Sheamus says he wants in the match, but then Pierce says, oh, that means you're going to defend your title. But Sheamus, of course, not wanting to defend the title, uh, says, oh, no, my, my nose is too hurt, and he walks off. Then Jinder Mahal uh, brings up the idea that if if um the Money in the Bank competitors can't make it to Money in the Bank, then their spots are going to open up. So um this opens up the door for a storyline of Jinder and Cedric, maybe not so much Jeff because he's a face, but those two guys sort of attacking the people in the Money in the Bank, trying to take their spots from them. And I think that could be kind of interesting, honestly. The idea of um people trying to take the opportunities from the people who earned their way into the match. I think that'd be quite an interesting little storyline going in. So, um, yeah, certainly better than what they usually do. So, we can move on forward to my favorite match tonight. Riddle versus McIntyre. They had a fantastic match, went through a few commercial breaks. Um, a lot of back and forth action, some great near falls. If you haven't seen it, I can definitely recommend you check it out. Um, in the end, though, Riddle wins with a roll-up. Um, Orton's on the stage, he doesn't interfere, he's just watching the match. Riddle goes over to Orton. He wants to celebrate, but Orton, of course, upset that he lost the match earlier. He doesn't celebrate, he just kind of stands there. But Riddle's just happy he won the match. So, um, yeah, it's going to be Riddle. Um, it's Riddle, Morrison, and Ricochet so far in the match. And next week, we'll get a triple threat, apparently. Second chance triple threat with, um... AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre, the winner gets the fourth spot for the Raw side. Um, that actually could be a good match, so kind of looking forward to that. Now, I didn't write this down in my notes, but next up, we got a segment backstage where it's Jackson Riker just kind of hanging out, being weird, and someone who I can't remember for the life of me, but um, someone walks up to him and they say, Hey man, you're successful. I, I don't know in what universe, but hey man, you, you've been there for a bit. You're, what about some advice? Why you would ask him for advice, I have no idea. Um, I, it's, a really, it's an odd decision, is what that is. But he just goes on the whole thing about how you don't trust anybody and how you shouldn't trust anybody. And apparently he's having a strap match with Elias next week. That's um, that is something. I'm, as with many people, I'm not looking forward to a Jackson Riker Elias match, even though it's a strap match with you know stipulation. It's really it's the two people, and it's just who really cares, honestly. You know who cares? So we can move on to the main event. It's Woods Lashley and Hell in a Cell, and honestly, this was a really fun match. Now, I didn't do a whole SmackDown review because I didn't decide to do it, but I did see the Rey Mysterio Roman Reigns. Hell in a Cell match, and something about that match, for me, just didn't feel right. It felt rushed. The commercials were ruining the whole pace of the match. And, um, yeah, it just wasn't what I hoped it would be from Rain Roman. But tonight, they seem to have got it down with Woods and Lashley. The match didn't feel rushed. They got some good spots in there. And, um, yeah, they both have Lashley very strong, having him go over Woods. And, um... They had a great spot at the end of the match where MVP locks himself uh, after Lashley wins, of course, he locks himself Lashley Woods in the hell on a cell. And Kofi's on the outside, he's forced to watch as Lashley gets Woods in the heart lock and he holds him up to the cage wall. And you have this awesome visual for the show's end where it's 
Woods in the hurt lock as Kofi watches on helpless, knowing that he can't do anything to help. And that's how the show goes off there. Is a great way to make Lashley look dominant, in my opinion. And it really builds up more of a personal storyline for um, Kofi and Lashley going as their matching money in the bank. So, um, overall, frankly, this show is uh, it's definitely one of the better Raw shows. Never in a million years did I think that you would get a good Raw ever. But it happened yesterday, you know. Um, besides the second hour, a lot of the stuff that happened there, I I really enjoyed the show, frankly. It's I, it's really weird. To do, I can't really give the show a thumbs up, in my opinion, just because the whole second, most of the second hours wasn't great. Um, I don't want to give it a thumbs in the middle either, just because I don't think that's fair, because I enjoyed more than half the show. Usually, if Vincent was here, of course, he would stop me from doing this, but because he isn't going to break the rules a little bit, it's a halfway between the 50-50, thumbs in the middle, and thumbs up, say, three out of five in a number of terms, numerical terms. Sorry, not three out of five, 3.5 out of five, in my opinion. And all that, I could definitely recommend you check out, maybe maybe skip over the second hour. But, um, yeah, the first and the third hour, could definitely recommend you check out. Anyways, that's going to do it for me here. Um, please do like the video, do subscribe if you are on YouTube, share it if you'd like to, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast platform, please do leave a five-star review for us, and, um, yeah, just, um, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys later.